Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome, everyone, to the Story Box. This is the place to be if you're a lover of stories learning new and interesting things, growing abundantly, and if you want to improve your overall life. My name is Jay Phantom, and I've made it my purpose to unbox and share the amazing stories from people of every profession all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 135 of this story box. I can't believe I'm actually saying that we are on 135. It almost feels like yesterday that I started this uh, little little project, I guess you could say. Now it's uh, become something else entirely, but it's exciting. I've done so many different interviews uh, and had amazing conversations along the way that I can't wait to share with you. It's really hard being in my position actually with knowing what kind of person to release on what week. We're doing three episodes a week now. I should say I'm doing three episodes a week now. Um, And it's just going, it's getting bigger and bigger each and every day almost. So today's guest, my friends, is really no exception to the amazement uh, of all the other guests that I've had on. And I did this interview a little while ago now, but it's amazing to finally be able to release it in line with his newest book. Uh, His name is Dr. Josh Axe. He is a doctor of chiropractic, a certified doctor of natural medicine and clinical nutritionist with a passion to help people eat healthy and live a healthy lifestyle. In 2008, he started a functional medicine center in Nashville which grew to become one of the most renowned clinics in the world. He is the founder and of the website, drdraxe.com, which, which is one of the top natural health websites in the world today. Its main topics include nutrition, natural medicine, fitness, healthy recipes, some DIY remedies, and trending health news. He's been featured in countless and i mean countless of articles the dr oz show just being one of them uh he covers areas such as gut microbiome weight loss digestive health and leaky gut and so many so many more he's the author of several uh celebrated and best-selling books including eat dirt why leaky gut may be the root cause of your health problems essential oils keto diet keto diet cookbook the Collagen Diet, Ancient Remedies, 
uh, secrets to living with herbs, essential oils, CBD, and the most powerful med natural medicine in history. It's going to be released, in fact, uh, in February this month in line with uh, this episode dropping. So you can get your copy right now. If you do enjoy, and I guarantee you that this man has a great deal of knowledge and wisdom behind him that is going to benefit so many people out there. If you ever had any questions about gut microbiome, uh, CBD, essential oils, you name it, this is the episode for you. So please do me a huge favor, share this one around. Uh, tag Dr. Axe and myself on Instagram stories. That'd be very helpful. Leave a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts if you do enjoy this one. Um, but that would be very helpful and it goes a long way, as I say, each and every episode to building this incredible community. So I don't want to take away from the amazing episode that you're about to listen to. So let's dive into the story box and hear more about the incredible story of Dr. Josh Axe. Hey, honored to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, sir. And before we get stuck into your backstory and why you do what you do, I have one question that I love asking people, and that is, what does success look like to you? Wow. I usually don't get, uh, I don't get asked that very often, but I'd love to answer that question. So success for me uh, is going to be bringing heaven to earth and loving God and loving people well. So for me, that's, I'm, I'm, and I'm very purpose driven. So for me, you know, like, and I'll give you an example of a picture of this too. You know, I had a, I was in the mall here not too long ago here in Nashville and I had an old patient come up to me who I hadn't seen for, oh, probably about six years. And she came up, gave me a big hug and she said, Hey, me and Bill are doing so well. Bill's lost over 100 pounds. I've lost 80 pounds. We're off all our medications. We're the healthiest we've ever been. And just and, and I get to hear stories like that all the time, whether it was from the past of my functional medicine clinic or hearing people's testimonials who have used our supplements or followed some of the nutritional and health programs I've had uh, or put out there. But again, a big part of my life is I like to see lives transformed. I like to see people get healthier in body, mind, and in spirit. You know, a lot of what I teach as well at this point is how to get well healthy emotionally because emotions like fear and worry and anxiety these things all actually affect our organs anger affects your liver worry affects your digestive system anxiety affects your brain and your nervous system and so you know i so for me success really looks like loving people well helping people um transform their health but also you know transform their emotions um and uh so that's that, that's a, a big part of it We'll get to, I guess, how you can actually heal your mentality when it comes to anger and, and frustrations and everything like that. But I'm curious to know, where did this idea of success come from for you? Was it more of a gradual thing over time that you sort of started realizing it? Or was there a catalyst moment somewhere in your life? You know, I think for me, I one, I was really blessed and not everybody has this, but I was blessed to have uh, parents that really... Um, just, I had great parents growing up and my parents put me, uh, you know, uh, put me in different things, different, uh, got me around certain groups growing up, like uh, church groups. I think that really supported my growth. And then I was really big into focusing on uh, mentors. You know, I was blessed to have a couple mentors over the years uh, that really showed me what success was and success isn't money. It's not fame. That's what the world tells you today. Uh, success really is 
you know, um, making a difference in other people's lives. And so for me, you know, I, I'll say one, it was instilled in me growing up. But in addition to that, you know, I searched out mentors who, and, and here's what I really look like, looked for. You know, I really looked for mentors and people who, um, you know, uh, practice what they, what, practice what they were preaching mm-hmm. and also like we're fulfilled. Like I could see they were happy. Like for me, I'm not modeling movie stars because most of them are unfulfilled. I'm not modeling the you know billionaires for the most part. They're, you know, a lot of them aren't fulfilled. I really looked at people's lives and said, who is somebody who has a great marriage? Mm. Who is somebody who's raised great kids? Who is so- somebody who ha- has a business that's actually changing the world and, you know, uh, and, and helping people, um, helping people, you know? And so I looked at those people and I said, okay, I want to be like that person. I want to be somebody that has a great marriage, a great family, a deep connection with God and deep relationships with people that's changing lives. And so to me, that's really where I learned about success. It was looking, modeling other people and, and uh, pursuing mentors and being mentored by people who continued to instill that in my life. So what age were you when you came to the belief and, and knowledge of, of Christ and, and faith in your life? Yeah. So for me, it was young, like I, you know, probably elementary school. So my mom, in order to pay for me to go to a Christian school, my mom worked a couple of jobs. She was a, a, a gym. She, she took on a, a role as being my gym teacher, by the way. So when I was growing up, my mom was my gym teacher in elementary school. She sent me to the principal's office a couple of times. It's terrible when your own mom does that. Uh, but anyways, I would say, you know, very young, but then, you know, I had times in my life where things were up and down. And then in college really said, Hey, you know what? Uh, I want to live for a deeper purpose. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I would say it's, you know, at the same time it was, it was gradual. I'll tell you something funny. I can resonate with that as well because my mom actually worked at my school, my Christian school. And she, <laughs> okay. was, she was a receptionist, but instead of seeing the principal first, we had to see mom first which was oh, the, wow. worst, the worst thing ever because you know you get in more trouble. You get in double oh, yeah. trouble, essentially. <laughs> so I know, I know what that's like. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, what was one lesson that your mother and father taught you growing up that you still hold dear and true to yourself today? You know, one of the things, I, you know, I'm thinking about my dad specifically, and then I'll share one for my mom. With my dad, my dad always taught me, I'm going to bring up two things. One if you're going to do it, do it with excellence. I mean, put your heart, your soul, give it everything you've got. And the other thing was, it's okay to say you're sorry, you don't have to be right. Like my dad would, my, my, my dad was a passionate guy. You know, if anything, if he, if he had an emotion that got unhealthy, he was angry. And, uh, but if he got too angry, he would come to me later and he said, Hey, you know what? I overreacted. I'm sorry. Um, so again, I had a dad who, uh, was far from perfect, but just was a good dad, you know? So I would say that, that spirit of excellence and you don't have to be right. You know, it's not about being right. It's about, uh, adding value to other people. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think those are two big things. And then I would say with my mom, you know, um, my mom, just kindness, like caring for other people, you know, like, so just even something that's still to me, like, I used to remember, like we would be driving down the road and if somebody was, you know, like, you know, we would see like a, a woman who was older, who was like struggling carrying her groceries. Immediately, we'd stop our car. We'd offer her to get in and drive her the rest of the way. Like, people don't really do that anymore. It's just interesting. Like, society, because this is like, you know, maybe 30 years ago or 25 years ago, things have changed. But still at the same time, like I saw my mom, my mom, my mom was uh, taught, taught special ed as well with uh, children who had learning disorders. And so for me as well, just seeing my mom, 
her spirit of patience, which I still need to develop more patience, but also that spirit of just kindness. Uh, that was something I learned from my, my mom. I know exactly what it's like teaching people with learning disabilities because I do that myself. Wow. So, it takes, it takes a lot. I have a lot of respect and high regard for people that do that. And there's a lot to learn from people like that as well. Not, not, not from me, but people that are older and have been doing it a lot longer. So it's, it's one of those things where you give, it, it does take a lot of patience and it does take a lot of kindness. And you gotta, you gotta dig deep for that. You gotta go right to your heart um, because you do see some pretty crazy things. Um, yeah, is- I mean, my mom would come out with bite marks, you know, yeah. I mean, just it's, uh, you know, it's, it can be intense, you know, crazy stuff. So yeah, what age were you when you decided that you wanted to become a doctor? You know, so for me, and just sort of the backstory with my mom. So my mom, as I mentioned before, she was my gym teacher in elementary school. She was very, and she was very fit. She was a swim instructor at one point. So she, she was fit, but at 40, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And you know, my family at the time lived in what I'll call the medical model. So anytime we were sick, we went to our pediatrician or family doctor got put on medications. That was just sort of the world we lived in. So when my mom got this diagnosis, we went to the doctor, uh, got referred to an oncologist. And my mom went through and had uh, chemotherapy treatment, she had a mastectomy, I can remember this day how sick my mom got with all those treatments Her losing her hair, her looking like she had aged 20 years in a matter of weeks and just saying to myself, you know, I never want to see anyone have to go through that again. And the thing that started, th- I think, started thinking about at that time when my mom was going through those treatments were, there's got to be a better way. And praise God, my mom went through all those treatments and was diagnosed as being cancer free and healthy. But the shocking thing was, after all the treatments, she really seemed like she was worse. Like my mom was then diagnosed with, uh, got put on antidepressant medications. She uh, had hypothyroidism, got diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, had major digestive issues. Uh, pain just was, and it was just the biggest thing she would say is she was overwhelmed and just tired all the time. Mm. And this went on for years. And during that whole time of seeing how sick my mom was, that's really what drove me to want to become a doctor because I said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And I don't want to see anyone else have to go through this again. I want to help people. I want to learn how I can help my own mom. And so that really drove me into studying nutrition deeply. And mm. I started learning more about, um, you know, nutrition and natural therapies and decided, hey, I felt like I thought about going to medical school, but realized for me, chiropractic school made more sense because it was more holistic in what I wanted to do. And then I went and got my nutrition certification, doctor of natural medicine certification, ran a functional medicine clinic. But all of those things over time really stemmed from wanting to help my mom, wanting to help other people use food as medicine, you know, and so that's really, really where it started. And were you able to help your mom? Yeah. So what's kind of amazing is um, 10 years after my mom's cancer diagnosis, she was diagnosed again. Uh-huh. Now at this point, I was just a few, I was, I was very close to going and opening up my own clinic. Uh, I was surrounded by some amazing mentors and doctors. And my mom with her second diagnosis was, uh, she was, um, her oncologist recommended we do radiation and surgery. And I, and I flew home to Ohio where I grew up from uh, Florida and we sat down, we prayed together and we felt really led to take care of her all naturally to start. So with my mom, we started juicing vegetables every single day, doing berries, doing bone broth, doing ancient remedies such as reishi mushroom, turmeric powder, um, you know, lots of other herbs and spices and superfoods, uh, lymphatic drainage massage. 
And we went back to the oncologist after four months of eating and following this program. And they redid the CT scan and they called us the next day and they said their exact words were, this is highly unusual. We don't typically see this, but your tumors have shrunk by more than half. Wow. She went back nine months later, almost complete remission. And today my mom is in the best shape of her life. She's 67 and uh, water skis, she runs and just doing really well. So my mom is the healthiest she's ever been. She's cancer free. And um, yeah, so, so I, you know, fortunately I was, and again, it wasn't me, just me. It was, I had some amazing, amazing team of people uh, who had taught me what I taught that I was able to pass on to her. Uh, but she's doing very, very well. Thanks for asking. What would you say is your greatest achievement, Dr. Josh? Oh man, greatest achievement. Well, one is marrying the wife that I married. You know, I'm very proud. To, uh, I've married my, my wife, Chelsea. She's also a doctor of uh, chiropractic and a, and a strength and conditioning coach. We just had our first uh, daughter. That would be my other greatest achievement. She's seven weeks old uh, as of uh, tomorrow. Wow. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm blessed. My wife is brilliant. She's beautiful. She loves God. Uh, our daughter is healthy and happy. So for me, I'm very, very proud to have um, married a woman that makes me better and, uh, and have a beautiful baby girl. So, That's awesome. so I'm, I'm curious as well with this, this natural healing remedy is um, to start with and how foods, how especially like ancient grains, all these ancient remedies that were used many years ago how do they impact us today with all the modern technology that we actually have why do we go back to those ancient remedies and not use the more 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 so the the newer um medical advice that we have today well you know i I think i think when you look at it that uh, a lot of if we if modern science could have made something healthier for us than actual food, we'd be eating it. But the truth is, the research today and everything we look at, it's it's never happened. And we're not even close. So when you look at a lot of these foods, one, you know, God created us, and so when you have a God that created you and created food, and it's referenced first in the Garden of Eden, eating food from a tree. You know, mm-hmm. we are meant to be deeply connected to the earth. We're meant to be deeply connected to food. And, and food is what was created by God to nourish us. And so all that being said, I think that's, that's you know, one reason why. I think when you look at the foods that I tend to recommend, it's foods that both nourish our body. So we look for nutrient density. And we also look for food that tends to be easiest on our body to digest. So things that are nourishing and, and uh, non-destructive. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and, and by the way, that can be different for different people. I'll give you an example. If somebody has liver disease and toxicity, eating more of a raw diet and lots of raw vegetables and vegetable juices, that's great for them. Somebody with inflammatory bowel disease and severe autoimmune disease doesn't do as well with raw food. They should be doing lots of cooked foods and soups and bone broth and those sort of things. So here's another unique thing to understand. There's not one diet for everybody. Really, everybody is a unique individual that should be consuming diets that tend to be a little bit different for each person. A keto diet is amazing for somebody that needs to balance out insulin and support brain health, but it's not ideal for somebody, again, who has had their gallbladder removed and has a hard time digesting fat. So Mm. I think it's important to understand uh, that we really should be following a personalized diet today. And that's really what a lot of the ancients taught. You look at traditional Chinese medicine, that's, uh, they have something called the five elements, but you're eating a specific diet based on 
what your internal pattern is, what you have going on. The same goes for Ayurvedic medicine. The same goes for certain types of uh, biblical medicine. Also, we should be eating seasonally based on uh, the seasons. I'll give you an example of this as well. When you look in the fall season, your body tends to do better with carbohydrates or more carbohydrates compared to other times of the year. Um, things that are orange as well in color, those foods that are orange tend to nourish our upper digestive system like our stomach and our pancreas. So, uh, you know, and I could just go on a tangent here. I'll just say a few other things. But, um, you know, like, it's incredible, too, when you look at this, you know, God created foods to look like specific organs. So you knew what food to eat based to support an organ system. A sweet potato, if you look at the way the shape of it, looks like your pancreas. Uh -huh. It's also the color orange. We know orange foods support your pancreas. That's why cinnamon and turmeric, turmeric is also good for blood sugar, all these things. You know, you look at celery, it looks like your bones. You look like grapes, it looks like testicles. They have antioxidants that are good for reproductive health. So do figs. Um, uh, when you look at a uh, tomato, it has four chambers, like the four chambers of your heart. You look at carrots, you cut them open, they look like your eyes. So, you know, I can go on and on and on, but it's amazing. And by the way, studies have shown carrots are great for your eyes. You, you know, they have all the beta carotene and vitamin A and other nutrients that are so it's not just great for that. <laughs> yeah, areas of your body. And so again, we should be eating seasonally. We should be eating uh, customized diets for our, you know, our own body, like our own, what's going on internally in our own bodies. And I might, that might've been more than the question you asked, mm. but I think I just wanted to make clear, like, there's no, you know, one diet for everybody. I think everybody is a unique individual. I'm fascinated by all this stuff. So it's great that you mentioned all that. And I'm also, I heard the other day on another podcast, another doctor was talking about uh, grapes and how we should avoid grapes because they have too much sugar in them and they're not actually good for our body and uh -huh. the whole thing like that. So what, what would you say is your version of how good grapes are for our body? Or are they good? Yeah. So number one, it depends. It depends on who you are. are grapes good for you or bananas good for you. It just depends. You know, I think here's the thing. If somebody is eating lots of vegetables, they're eating some wild organic meat rich in omega-3 fatty acids. You know, and that's a big part of their diet is mostly vegetables, small, some, some meat. And then they need some carbohydrates too. Mm. Well, grapes, if you're comparing it to most other carbohydrates, it is a better, it's a better carb. Is there some sugar in there? Yeah. But there's less sugar in a big thing of grapes, uh, you know, or let's say even a cup of grapes than a soda or than a serving of rice or bread. There, there's, more, there's more carbs in bread. There's more carbs in desserts. There's more carbs in all kinds of things. Great Grapes have resveratrol. Grape skins are one of the most antioxidant-rich superfoods on the planet. And there are actually thousands, not just two or three. There's probably a thousand studies on grapes and or resveratrol proving its benefits for our eye health, its anti-cancer properties, its properties for benefiting our cardiovascular system, benefits for... Um, our reproductive health. So there are numerous studies. The problem you run into is a lot of people today, you know, who make statements like that, even if they're a medical doctor or a researcher, they may isolate, you know, one study and say, well, grapes that were shown to raise your blood sugar. 
Yeah, it does a little bit, but so does every food you eat actually is going to affect your blood sugar a little bit. And you got to look at it in, in, in terms of what is it doing for the person's overall health? What are the other foods in their diet? And so again, are grapes good for you? They are for the majority of people, absolutely. Fruits as a carbohydrate, vegetables are probably going to be the best. After that, fruit is in most instances going to be the best carbohydrate for us to consume. Now, I do think certain vegetables like butternut squash or different types of squash, uh, pumpkin, sweet potatoes, you know, carrots and beets have some carbs. Those, those are really great nutrient dense. After that, you got berries, and then you have things like grapes that are going to be up there uh, on, on, you know, on the list. And so I would, you know, now if somebody has severe diabetes, are grapes good for them? Maybe, because it depends on how many carbohydrates did they have that day. If they had no other carbohydrates that day, handful of grapes is fine. If they had five, if they had a loaf of bread earlier and then they're trying to eat more grapes, yeah, the grapes are gonna add to that, carbohy you know, that carbohydrate load to where at that point, yeah, it's probably not the best for them. Mm. It's not all black and white like a lot of people ask. That's the problem. Oh, definitely not. There's so many studies out there that it becomes actually really difficult to pick which one is true or not. And I, I feel I feel bad for for a lot of doctors because they come out with they spend a lot of time doing all these studies on on one particular food item or one particular uh, group of study, and then all of a sudden someone comes out with another research to debunk them, and it's like. You, you well, constantly, well, yeah. well the, the problem is a lot of these people aren't looking at things in context. Like what's the big picture perspective here? It's the same thing. Like if we went through, we were talking about the Bible earlier, you go through the Bible and you pull out one line or paragraph. So, so pe people can use that for evil, you know, if it's one sense and not in the actual context of how it was used during that time. The same thing happens with medical research today. People quote a study, but it's not done in context. And I think that's important. Mm. So speaking about, being a Christian in, in such a, a field as medicine, have you ever found that it is difficult being a Christian in this field? Yeah, you know, I think it can be difficult. I think the thing is what a lot of people do is they will, and, and by the way, this is, this is actually the basis of most worldview. Most people, when they make decisions, by the way, a lot of Christians do this too. You have what science says and what God says. And Science is one and God is two. And if for some reason they don't line up, it's kind of like, well, God over here, and that's fuzzy. Science is an absolute fact. Mm -hmm. Science is looking at things at a microscopic level that totally misses the big picture. And again, the thing to realize too is most studies are biased. It's based on a, a $100 billion industry, pharmaceuticals or trillion dollar industry. And so we're talking about a big industry that's all fueled by making money. What's the Bible fueled on? Uh, wanting to... Uh, you know, bring heaven to earth, wanting to make people's lives better. And so, and I'm not saying there aren't pe good people in the field of pharmaceuticals. I'm just saying generally as an industry, the industry is corrupt and that's an absolute. And so all that being said, you know, I think for me, um, one of the things that you run into is where people try and sort of pit, you know, maybe these two things up against each other. I'll tell you something that happened recently. You know, when you look at certain vi you know, viruses or certain things that, that uh, attack our bodies, people might say, the only way for us to fight a virus is to find a miracle shot or pill. That's the only way. It's our only hope. People actually, I saw this over the past few years, past my, my entire life, people have said, it's our only hope is a pill or shot or something, some sort of miracle cure we're going to come up with, or not miracle, like some sort of pill. Mm. 
you know, what does God say? Like, if you go back and look at the Bible, here's what he says that still applies today. Look to me for healing. Okay. I, I am your healer. Have faith. Pray. You know, rely on me in prayer. He lays it out in the book of Leviticus, proper sanitation. Sanitation's a big deal. Keeping ourselves free of like, you know, bacteria and germs and certain things. Not that a little bit aren't fine, but you got you to practice proper sanitation. He talks about things like um, food laws, eat healthy. Today, it's very different, but we can still say, eat this, don't eat this, eat real food, right? You know, so it's like their food laws are laid out. And then number five, you have, you have things in like the book of Timothy where, I, where uh, Paul and you know, Peter and different people were talking about using holy anointing oil. It's an essential oil blend that was used as medicine back in uh, the days of King David, where it was a blend of myrrh, um, uh, calamus, cassia, cinnamon, and olive oil. And so they were using some different herbal extracts. Like if you would have opened King David's or King Solomon's medicine cabinet, you would have found herbs. That's what you would have found. That's what they used. That was medicine back there. It was called an apothecary. You'd go into an apothecary. That's what you'd get. That's what you'd use. That was medicine up until 150 years ago. All medicine was herbs. It was these things that were natural. So it's interesting today then in science will say, I saw someone recently saying, well, you can't say that elderberry or echinacea could help a virus. There's no proof of like, or for this one specific type of a virus. Really? You yeah. can't? Why? Because you know, because the farm, because there wasn't a double blind study by a pharmaceutical company, which they've never done on an herb, mm. hardly ever. So we'll never find that out. So just this one thing works. It just, the whole system is rigged. So is it hard? Yeah, it can be hard, but you know what? It doesn't stop me from going out there and just, you know, preaching truth because the things that I teach, like it, you know, the things that I've learned of these ancient remedies and these ancient ways of healing, it saved my mom's life. It helped transform thousands of patients I worked with. You know, I had over 50 people reverse type 2 diabetes, you know, through taking supplements and diet and all of these things, get off their mouth. Like, I've seen that over and over and over again when people use food as medicine the right way for their personalized body type. And um, so anyways, for me, yeah, I mean, it can be challenging at times. And then you've got things like Google. People don't realize this. Google is, in fact, partly a pharmaceutical company. They own two pharmaceutical companies. So two years ago, they started using censorship to keep people from learning about supplements. And so, like, today, even if you look up a natural remedy like turmeric, like, my site used to rank number one. So did other guys like Dr. Mercola and other guy and other really natural sites. Well, now it's on the third page, fourth page of Google. It's hard to find natural health sites because Google wanted to incentivize brands that run pharmaceutical ads on their sites. So people might act like, oh, that sounds, I I don't think they would do that. Well, of course they would do that. You know, people start to call it conspiracy theory and crazy. And you're like, no, you just, it's just common sense. It's following the money. Like why, of course, if Google is partly a pharmaceutical company, natural health is not good for them. It's not, it's not going to help them win. So it's not anyways, I know that's not on topic, but it just, yeah. No, no, it's it's good because I'm also fascinated by this topic as well because it is highly publicized that, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, they're out to make a lot of money. They're not really there for our health. You know, I had a couple of friends of mine that, you know, went to doctors and they had depression and all they were given was antidepressants. They'll put on all the medication. It was just a, a quick fix to a massive problem. And they weren't, they didn't really know how to fix it. Well, that's a prime example. You know, you look at depression, what's, you know, what's the root cause of depression? Depression is 
according to ancient medicine, a few things. One, it's you're living in the past. There's mm -hmm. something that happened in the past that you have not let go of. It can be guilt. It can be shame. It can be, uh, you know, you, you know, it, it could be, you know, something that you feel like something happened to where now you can't move forward. So that's a big part of what depression is. Anxiety is more future. Anxiety is, is living in the future and thinking about things, the bad things that could happen in the future. Depression is actually the past, according to ancient, uh, you know, ancient uh, physicians. Um, depression also is living and constantly dwelling on yourself and not going outside of yourself. You know, Mother Teresa said, uh, the, she said, I'm not gonna, this isn't a specific, exact quote, but the greatest way to heal depression is to serve others. You know, getting out there and for not living for yourself. And so I think a lot of people, when they start thinking about their past, when they start thinking about th a sense of loss or grief or and thinking about their, you know, themselves all the time, um, that's what causes depression. And so, and living without purpose and identity, you know, so I think when people have a purpose, a mission in life, they know who they are, their identity, man, you know, that helps them beat depression faster than anything out there today. I can tell you, my mom had depression. My mom struggled with severe worry and depression. Again, she was on an antidepressant medications I mentioned, got off them. What she did is she wrote Bible verses out of God's promises and she meditated on those daily. She got around more encouraging people, you know, started focusing on, hey, who are the people that bring me joy I love to connect with? She started focusing on having more, you know, like a mission serving others. And she did all those things and, and she started doing something she loved. My mom had a horse when she was a kid or went in horseback riding. So my mom started going to this farm and started horseback riding again. And I gave her so much joy. So like, you know, I think those types of things, those are what heal depression. Now, is there a time and a place if somebody is in a situation to where they're having suicidal thoughts to where maybe just maybe there's a time and place, potentially. But I think the problem is that a lot of times it's here's a pill but we're never getting the root cause. That's the, that's the big issue here, right? We're not addressing to the root cause of the illness. If you have diabetes, the root cause is not a metformin deficiency. Uh. It's not a medication deficiency. It's you've got too many carbohydrates in your diet and too much worry in your life, mm. okay? So you gotta get rid of the worry to help your pancreas and you gotta get lower the carbohydrates and think together, In some cinnamon, chromium picolinate, you know, um, gementra, um, holy basil, you know, some of these nutrients, eating a diet that's rich in foods that nourish your pancreas, like pumpkin, uh, lots of wild organic meat, healthy fat, bam, diabetes, you will not believe what happens to it in 30 days. In many cases, for many people, it can be reversed if they do all of those things. But again, most doctors are, here's a pill. By the way, this pill, metformin, the side effects are, depletes your body of vitamin B12, magnesium, and all these other nutrients. So now it's increasing your risk of another disease or illness. And so that's the unfortunate truth of our medical system. You know, our medical system today, like when I became a doctor, I took something called a hip, uh, the, 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 the um, Hippocratic Oath, which was from Hippocrates, which is first do no harm. Here's the problem. A lot of these medications people are taking, not a lot, all they're doing in something natural, you know, rather than doing all of these high doses of, uh, you know, metformin or something, if you're, or, or, or medication, and, I'm, and I, I don't want to say replacement, I just want to make sure I'm compliant here, but all that being said, 
cinnamon and chromium together and some other herbs, man, mm. those will do wonders for your blood sugar. Mm. Well, a friend of mine, he went on all the medications and he ended up getting worse, like you said. And he, he was like becoming a zombie. And what made him realize there was actually the medications was his friend actually woke him up and he said, look, you've got to get out of these, uh, these uh, medications. Otherwise you're going to potentially die from them. You know, so it's a, it's a huge issue and it's hard to sort of make a dent in such a billion dollar industry because it is all about money. And yet you take an oath to protect people, to heal people, to do no harm. And yet it's almost like you prescribing people that is actually not you in particular, Dr. Josh, but a lot of other doctors that I know of um, and I've actually seen, they actually prescribe these medications that do, do more harm than good. And it's, it's just, it's crazy, crazy to think about. It's, yeah, it's unfortunate. One of the things, Jay, I wanted to mention too, and, and just to say this too, like I recently wrote a book, which I'm really excited about. The book is called Ancient Remedies. And in the book, I go through, hey, here are the natural things you need to do for almost every condition. So if somebody has hypothyroidism or PCOS or low testosterone or autoimmune disease or leaky gut or any of those problems, I go through, here's the top five supplements. Here are the best foods. Here's the foods that harm you. I lay out a personalized diet that's based on a combination of ancient Chinese medicine along with some biblical medicine, Ayurveda. And I go through that in the books. So I want to mention people as they're listening to this, they're like, man, I need these resources. I need to learn some of this stuff. You can check out the new book I just released. It's called Ancient Remedies. And if you go on amazon.com or you know, or, uh, you know, what, what, what you guys have in Australia, uh, you know, some of the Barnes and Noble, you know, some of these bookstores, but just search Dr. Axe, Ancient Remedies, you can find it. But I think, I think, again, people need to get back to thinking about using food as medicine. Again, food is such a great thing to help us heal. And it actually helps address the root causes you're saying. Definitely. Speaking about leaky gut for a moment, how can, what are the five food groups that we should be eating to actually heal leaky gut? Yeah, so for leaky gut syndrome, here, here's what you want to focus on. Number one, you want to consume a lot of cooked foods and cooked vegetables. So, you know, I'm talking about especially things like um, uh, flour, asparagus, really, really almost all of those vegetables. And then also pumpkin and squash and carrots are very, very good for leaky gut and eating those cooked. Like one of the best meals you could do is a big bowl of chicken vegetable soup with real bone broth. But I would say number one is cooked vegetables. Number two, wild organic meat products, specifically number one, I'm going to say is bone broth. Bone broth is the best healing food for leaky gut along with cooked vegetables. So if you went on a diet, I'm just telling you, of soup where you do vegetable soups and bone broth, with some meat. So broth, meat, and vegetables, and you ate that almost every meal, man, you are going to heal your body from almost anything very, very quickly. So again, I would say cooked vegetables, I'm going to say um, uh, bone broth, number three, wild organic meat, specifically rich in omega-3 fats, like wild-caught salmon and grass-fed beef. Uh, chicken be good too, but especially that wild-caught fish like salmon, mac, sardines, tuna, getting some of those omegas are very, very good for the gut. Number four is going to be specific types of fruits. Blueberries are probably the best. Mm. Blueberries have a type of fiber 
that is really good for the colon. But I would say uh, blueberries, figs, pears, and applesauce. So actually cooked apples are very good. Those are some of the best fruits that are really going to help nourish your gut, those four in particular. Um, and then after that, I, I would tend to say uh, coconut products, you know, coconut oil, coconut milk, um, specifically those sort of coconut products are some of the best, but really like, you know, for, for breakfast, doing a smoothie, like a pumpkin smoothie, pumpkin is one of the best foods for the gut. You take half a can of pumpkin, you add in some coconut milk, some vanilla collagen powder, or vanilla bone broth powder, and do that as like a smoothie, or you could do a blueberry smoothie for breakfast. For lunch, a big bowl of chicken vegetable soup. For dinner, maybe like a grass-fed burger. Steam some vegetables and put tahini on it. Tahini is like a sesame sort of butter. Uh, that's like that's a perfect meal plan. You want to heal from almost any health problem, especially gut issues. Do that. By the way, I do also have a very specific plan in my new book, Ancient Remedies, on how to heal leaky gut, all digestive issues in there as well. Uh, but again, I think that generally speaking, what I just shared are probably the biggest things in terms of supplements for leaky gut. Uh, probiotics and look for a soil-based organism probiotic. So probiotics. Number two is going to be um, a collagen powder. So like bone broth powder, collagen powder. Number three, the herb astragalus. Astragalus is incredible for your digestive system and then ginger. So I would say astragalus and ginger together, uh, you know, and you can do this as a tea astragalus and ginger as well. But I think those would be the biggest things. Yeah, the, the, um, probiotics, the bone broth or the collagen, and then the astragalus ginger. Those are going to do wonders for anyone's digestive system and healing leaky gut. I wish I had found you back in 2017 um, because I went through uh, IBS. I went through SIBO as well. Wow. Through leaky gut, uh, all, all the things I did to myself actually and not, not taking care of my body. So I realize now the importance of the ancient remedies, the, the bone broth. We do all that sort of stuff now, which is so much better for us. Um, we, we eat a lot more healthy, you could say. And my, my gut is so much more back to normal than what it was like a couple of years ago. But I, yeah, I just wish I had found you back then because I think it would have helped a lot more and I could have healed myself a lot quicker um, as a result. But I am very mindful of your time, Dr. Josh. So I have about two more questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, sure. I wish I could speak to you about this subject for ages because it is something that I am passionate about and quite interested in. And um, so this question, I call it the legacy question. So basically, you've reached the age of 100 and your friends have put together a mixtape of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done for your 100th birthday. Don't ask me how they got it all. They just did. <laughs> and they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that mixtape to say and to show about your life? You know, I, th I think for me, again, I, again, I, and I do, I want to leave a legacy that has really blessed my kids and really blesses the world. I really believe that we are called to bring heaven to earth. And so, mm. you know, one, one thing I'm passionate about is things like regenerative agriculture. You know, like we can heal the planet. It's amazing. And we can feed the world. Uh, if we follow these practices. The problem is today, nobody's following that. But again, I want people to be able to say, wow, he, he helped feed millions of people. He gave billions of dollars to people. He helped transform my life. He helped me grow as a leader. He helped me to grow. Uh, you know, he led me to Christ. And so I really want people to be able to be blessed through my life. 
in growing character. But one, you know, I, I think for me, you know, a few words that I want to characterize my life is leadership is one. Another one is love, um, generosity, um, and, uh, you know, wisdom. And so, um, and just a spirit of just giving, um, you know, giving, helping others grow. That's one thing I want people to say, I mean, he really helped me grow uh, as a person and in my health. And so I think those things, those are all things that would be, uh, be up there. Well, I appreciate your time and, and for your, your giving attitude, Dr. Josh, you've, you've helped me uh, today and you've educated me, which is part of what the story box is. And I know that you're going to help a lot of people with all this wisdom and, and knowledge as well. And I didn't know you were actually a Christian either. So that was a nice surprise this morning. Um, so it's just, it's really good to hear that there are Christians out there that are doing amazing work in, in medicine and uh, helping other people realize not just how God should impact their life, but how medicine and, and how God gave us all these natural ingredients and remedies and how we should be utilizing them in our life. So I appreciate you, Dr. Josh. Thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast today. Well, it was my honor, Jay. I, uh, again, you're, uh, you asked some, actually, I, I love these questions today because I don't get asked them very often. But again, you're uh, a great host and honored to be on. And hey, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.